You're listening to the New Century Multiverse. Steamheart. Chapter 15. A Shortcut to... From the Journal of James Penrose, Miller's Port, Ohio, April 26th, 1883. On a particularly hot and breathless afternoon in the deserted village of Millersport in Fairfield County, a day away from Columbus, I approached Raven as he sat beside Buckeye Lake. I was sweaty from chopping wood with Butler, and all of my clothes needed a wash. Deciding on a whim to cut out the middleman, I walked into the cool water, submerging myself to my neck, before marching out again to sit dripping beside him. Not far off, Annie leaned against a tree, keeping a watchful eye on me having traded off with Butler for the afternoon. "'You know,' I said, tapping my eye-patch, "'I've been having my doubts as to whether the pursuit of this thing's properties "'can be fully explained by science alone.' Raven did not answer, so I continued. "'It is my hypothesis that the endowment will unlock "'if the correct mental state is achieved. "'From what I can gather, the natives of the Americas "'were far more in touch with the natural spiritual side of things "'than those who settled here.' I was wondering if you could help us to find a shaman who might be sympathetic to our cause, enough to aid us in attempting to harness this power. Son of a bitch. Sir, I... Not you, Arlington. I knew there was another reason he sent me on this suicide run. You know of a shaman? I am a shaman. That manipulative, conniving, four-flushing... Is that so? I wondered if you might be, but... I did not want to simply assume. But that's extremely fortunate for all of us, sir. There is a force at work inside my body which I must unlock. Will you teach me? Of course I will. You're the child of the prophecy. Really? No! <sighs> prophecy. <sighs> you jackass. His lip curled in derision as he bit down upon his cigarette holder. The director dug into my past and uncovered that little nugget about me. But his information sources didn't ascertain the bigger picture. Which is? I'm shit at being a shaman. Oh. I was told by my elders and betters not to pursue the role. His tone was laced with bitterness. I can't help you. Not in the way that the great and respected shaman of my tribe might have been able to. Well... Could you possibly help me find them? Or someone like them? I pressed. He leaned back and thought. No, well, on the one hand... He mused, blowing out a stream of acrid smoke. This is beyond both my pay grade and the limits of my spiritual comprehension. On the other, there's greater things at work that I should probably do my best to help out with. So I see two avenues we can pursue. He straightened up and proffered a pair of fingers. One, we ask around the places we visit, see if there are any tribes living near here who aren't hostile, who'll trade with the locals and who might have someone wiser than me about these things among their number. And two, a sly grin crossed his features. I got some stuff in my bag. It often lends me a cosmic perspective. Why don't you take it tonight? See what happens. Oh, is it peyote? God damn it, you need to watch those racial assumptions, bookworm. I apologize deeply. I don't have a peace pipe or a fucking totem pole in my knapsack. They're mushrooms. 
Are they likely to induce a powerful transportive state? Yeah, they'll get you pretty fucked up. Convincing Annie was considerably more difficult. Much of the afternoon was spent pursuing her. No. Captain, please hear me out. No. Consider the greater ramifications. No. Give me your reasoning why not, please. First and foremost, we have no idea what this crazy bastard could feed you. I'm right here. I know, and I don't care. I'm familiar with eating mushrooms from the forest, and a bunch of them can kill you. Raven, would you please tell her what they are and where you got them? I suggested, following her around doggedly. Met a wizard in Mexico City. Asked him if he had anything that would expand my consciousness. He traded me three horses for this bag. He held up a small, crumpled package. It was a lot more full at the time. Let me see them. He fished inside and held out to her a little withered tendril of dried mushroom. What am I looking at? Aztecs called them Teonanacatl. Flesh of the gods. Used them in ancient religious ceremonies. What will it do to them? It will make them see and feel things that are usually locked away. And it is imperative that we research the endowments. This is mandated by our mission parameters. Can it hurt them? Hmm. Could make them sick. Or... Taking too much could overwhelm their senses for a long while, and considering their circumstances, they may well experience something so powerful and frightening that it throws their entire world out of order. And then, after the experience is over, the memory flashes of it can come back sometimes. It might be something that never fully leaves them. But I can attest, in physical terms... It's less harmful than drinking a bottle of whiskey. What are the alternatives? We search for a Native American tribe and see if their shaman can help us. Annie's brow furrowed as she steadied herself against Steamheart. That's going to be very difficult where we are. There's no official contact since everyone headed west. Then our third alternative is to reach the southern door entirely lacking in understanding of the endowments. I would consider this worth the risk. How about just one of you takes them? The endowment is split. It's in two halves. How are we to know if any success can be gleaned alone? I shook my head. This must be a unified action, a journey taken together. Annie gave a long sigh and threw up her hands. All right. If you genuinely think it will help you, and so long as Abigail agrees, and provided that Butler and I are present the whole time... You guys just do what you must. Thank you. So long as Abigail agrees with what? Sergeant Gray approached with Butler in tow. Hey, you and Penrose are going to eat some of these mind-altering mushrooms. Okay. Why? There is a chance they will help us access our abilities. With nobody practiced like Greta to teach us, we are feeling around in the dark here. Has it crossed your mind that if we start all hallucinating like you said that fruit did to us... And our minds go kablooey? We might do something dangerous like Charlotte did and open up a door to who knows where. Of course I've considered that. I'm half hoping it's precisely what happens. Because then at least we'll know. Wow. What? What have you done with James Penrose? 
This is Corporal James Penrose on April 26th, 1883. It is 10 o'clock at night and I am sat on a log beside Buckeye Lake in Ohio. With me around the campfire are Sergeant Abigail Gray. Hey. Captain Ernie Oakley, Major Frank Butler and the Washington Post journalist known as Raven. Abigail and I have just consumed a meat stew containing 3.5 grams of dried mushrooms each of a type known to induce heightened mental states during Mesoamerican rituals. No effect as yet, but we shall account for them as the evening progresses. 10.20, and something is beginning to happen. Abigail, what can you see? Well, the fire looks a lot more intense. Mm, 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 yes. And where there are lights reflecting off metal and glass, I can see much brighter spots shining out of the darkness. 10.30, and I can definitely make out geometric shapes in the air. I am tracing them with my hands. Do you see? Yes, James. We can see the shapes you're making. It feels significant. And Abigail is lying on her back. What are you feeling? The stars are so, so beautiful. I can see every one of them. If that's all these mushrooms do, I want to grow a patch of them myself. I can see the stars, too. I want a garden. I want to grow things. 10.40. I have taken off my eye patch at the borders of the shapes at the corners. I can touch the edges. Oh my giddy aunt, there's thousands of them. There's millions of them. There's millions of us. I can feel us all. It's like the world goes back and forth and side to side, but that's, that is just what we can see. We can feel all the other directions. We just can't name them. Are you two all right? I have never been happier. Mr. Butler? Well, that's good. We think we're alone in all of this. We're together. Always. 10.50 James? I haven't been able to say this to you before because I've been too scared. Don't be scared. I'm not. Not anymore. I'm in love with you. I love you so goddamn much, James. I love you too, Abby. 11 o'clock. I have never before appreciated how wonderful 
character. It's like a secret. But who would keep this from anyone? How do we eat these all the time and never realize how fantastic they taste? <laughs> Annie! Annie! Yes, Sergeant Gray? No. No. Don't call me that. You know my real name. Yes, Abby. I love you, too. That's nice, Abigail. It's so nice. You're very, very pretty. Anyone ever tell you that? She's not wrong. I would so love to kiss you on the lips right now. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's get back to business. You get a kiss too, Major. And where's Harry? I want to tell her... Focus, Abigail. Have you two gotten any more insight into those there endowments of yours? I'm looking out through the starlit eyes. And I can see so much. It's hard to parse out what's what. And you'd think that would be overwhelming. But I'm just happy looking at it all. Feeling it all. It's like taking a warm bath in 10,000 different fragrances. James? Yes, sir. Would you like a carrot, sir? Not right now. The endowment, though. Any progress? I definitely said that I could see through the world. Did I say I could see through the world? What can you see, Doctor? A billion, billion invisible fingerprints in the air. Like they're on a window pane. But the window pane stretches all the way around reality. It's... It's there. I just wave my hand through a hundred of them. Can you do anything with them? Can you affect them? No. It doesn't work. I can see that. I can't hold on to them. Oh. What? It's not going to happen. Midnight. And Abigail has been conversing for the past two minutes with someone none of the rest of us can see. Well, what would you suggest if you're so wise? We're not traveling that far. We can't cross oceans in Steamheart. She would sink like a stone, and I can't breathe like a fish. <laughs> you cannot. Who are you talking to there, Abigail? My new friend. She's real old. Can you describe her to us? About 5'3", dressed in blue-gray robes, Sharp features, wrinkly skin, very blue eyes. 
Silky. Beautiful, long, silver hair. Oh, it is too beautiful. What does she call herself? M. No, I'm going to tell them. This is for science. No, wait, stay. Oh, M, please come back. Will I see you again? Promise. All right. You go feed your horse. Bye-bye. Is she gone? Yes. She said she's very busy. But I will get to see her again. James, how are you holding up? I... I'm not feeling very well. Christ, I knew it. Um, we poisoned them. They're getting the mushrooms out of their systems. Are you two all right? Can we have some water, please? Yeah, let me get you some. I'm not all right. No. I'm going to go and lie down over there. I'll come with you. Raven, is this normal? Yeah, pretty much. It's going to be a slide down from here, and we should be gentle with them. Midnight 30. Abigail? What's wrong? sensed, the boundaries. They're still constructs we make for ourselves. That freedom you felt, you bring it with you. Midnight 45. James, are you still conscious? Jeez. Who's gone? Who? Lucy. I killed her. Both of us did. Who is Lucy? She's... nobody now. Abigail? Do you know who Lucy is? Yes. Can you turn that thing off, please? James. The dawn rose, and we had drifted in and out of sleep. The light was grey and dull, and my whole body ached like I had been physically battered. 
My head was pounding. My heart bruised. I was also feeling a sullen resignation about my endowment and my relationship with Abigail. Hours previously, I had felt a deep, powerful love for her, uncomplicated by everything that had stood between us. But now those feelings were out of reach once again, locked behind bars. It was the same with this I, this accursed, sightless I, which granted me nothing. I had seen the fabric of existence, but could not alter it. The following day passed slowly, with Abigail and I avoiding one another. I did thank Raven for offering his help, but I am not yet ready to listen back to the recordings. For me, the memories are still too sharp. The next day we made the final leg of the journey to Columbus, pitching up at the military encampment stationed at the city limits. This place had been on the map for reclamation. Baltimore had been cleared in the past few weeks. Atlanta would follow. But because of the new arrangement with Seth, the territories just east of the Pan State Line that would have provided a route through New Orleans, Kansas City and St. Louis were now forbidden zones. So it was thus decided that Nashville would come after Atlanta, followed by Chicago and Milwaukee in Illinois. This left Columbus just sat, waiting. All of this made for compelling military strategy, the slow winning back of land to rebuild America in a way anyone could understand provided they could read a map. But it paled into absolute insignificance when we reached the telegraph center. The commander came out to greet us, impressed with Steamheart, but his face was deeply troubled. And when he handed Captain Oakley our debriefing, she covered her mouth, her eyes wide with shock. Crew of Steamheart, stop. This is a notification of the deaths of Director Thomas Arlington and Deputy Director Sarah Arlington. Stop. Oakley, stop. Do not tell Harry yet. Stop. have been listening to episode 15 of Steamheart, a shortcut to written and directed by Alexander Shaw, James Penrose and Raven performed by Alex Shaw, Abigail Gray performed by Sharon Shaw, Annie Oakley performed by Loretta Saylor, Frank Butler performed by Spencer Lieb, Truth Arlington performed by Theo Lee, where the West Begins, composed by Ferenc Hegedus of Shockwave Sound. Ossuary, composed and performed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Lonesome West, by Tabletop Audio. Our $15 patrons get sponsor credit every episode. Thank you to Joel Robinson, Abel Savard, Michael Hasco, Timothy Green, Matthew A. Siebert, Benjamin Biddle, Joseph Gluck, 
Kevin Otero, Luke Hatfield, Nick Ord, Duran Barnett, Tom Painter, Finbar Nicol, Jameis Enright, Mark Lush, Dan Mayer, Joe Crow, Chris Finnick, Toby Junkius, Dave Hickman, Aaron Lecluse, Kieran Datchler, and Lorraine Chisholm. ventured the news while feeding a breakfast of bacon, sausages, poached eggs, fried bread, grilled tomatoes, black pudding, crumpets, and a large quantity of mushrooms to her foul-tempered horse about the person she had just conversed with. They agreed, with dawning realization of the parts they would have to play, that this collection of Gregorian months was to be a period of great change for at least five worlds. Thank you.